listen, I use Anchor by Spotify to record my podcast because it's the easiest way to record your podcast. It's got everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can easily distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Like one click easy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Self-Help Witch, the new moon edition. What, what? Today, we are diving into the Pisces lunar cycle of 2022. So we'll explore the new moon, the waxing first quarter moon, the full moon, and the last quarter moon. Moving forward, (laughs) this new moon episode will be the time where I really dive into the lunar cycle. And I just wanted to let y'all know that. Um, And I'm doing it this way for a few reasons. Number one, I actually don't love focusing a ton on predictive astrology. And I've talked a little bit about, you know, why I personally don't do that. I think it's a little anxiety inducing, or at least it can be. So for me personally, that's where I'm at. But I also create this newsletter once a month called the Planetary Pulse, where I share what's to come for the lunar cycle. And I thought, why wouldn't I just like make this a podcast episode every time there's a new moon? The Planetary Pulse will include this video. So I'm actually recording, uh, (laughs) I guess I'm not recording a video right now. This intro won't have a video, but I will be talking about the chart and I will have the chart pulled up while I'm speaking so you can see what I'm looking at. Additionally, in the Planetary Pulse, you get a Notion document that details the transits that are coming up. The transits, the planetary ingresses, and of course it has the dates of the lunar cycles. What's really cool about Notion though is it's like Google Docs and Excel had a baby and it's very versatile. So within the Notion document, you're not only going to get all of the information about the lunar cycle, the astrological information, you're also going to get a calendar that doubles as a journal. What's really cool is you can click on a date and a calendar in Notion and add a page to it. So within this calendar, you'll be able to click on a transit, like the full moon, for example, and you'll be able to create a page from that and type on it. So the planetary pulse is meant to become a reflective astrology journal. And the whole, you know, cycle of this is you hear the forecast, you experience the transits, and then you reflect on the transits. So my intention with this is to not only give you the information, but also give you the space where you can actually make meaning of the transits yourselves, because that's really where the most powerful information resides. It's when you sit down and you really think, how did this show up for me? So if you want that Notion doc, if you want that planetary pulse, I've got the link in the show notes. That'll take you to a form where you'll share your email and you'll immediately be taken to the Notion document. From there, you'll just duplicate it. Um, There's a little button that says duplicate in the top right corner. It's super easy. And you'll have not only this video recording, but also that calendar I was just talking about with the pertinent astrological events for the Pisces lunar cycle. So I hope you'll 
take advantage of that because it's a really useful resource and I've gotten some great feedback on it. In other self-help witch news, I am officially accepting clients for natal chart readings. So I've just been up to my eyeballs and learning about astrology for the last, God, about almost two years. I am currently in a Hellenistic astrology course. It started last May and I was studying on my own for about six months before that. So I've been really deep in learning with astrology. I wanted to focus on my studies for a while and, you know, live my life (laughs) as well. I've got a lot going on, you know, just like a lot is happening. But at this time, I am ready to open uh, my availability to do some client readings. Now, my availability is going to be very limited at this time. I am only opening my reading books for a window of time right now, starting next week and going through the end of April. Um, Because I have a pretty intensive day job, number one, and number two, I don't want to take on more than I can reasonably handle. It's very important to me that I provide a quality experience, and my readings, I treat as therapeutic. I'm not a therapist, but I do feel very responsible. When someone trusts me with their chart, like I take that very seriously. So if you're curious what a natal chart reading with me is like, my approach and philosophy is mostly Hellenistic with some modern influences. And you could probably guess from my other podcast episodes that I believe astrology is very empowering because it gives us a language a language to articulate things that we feel and experience internally, but haven't named yet. And that naming is the therapeutic element. So a chart reading with me is not a sit and get. It's a conversation. It's a back and forth where I'm explaining the symbols as they appear in your chart. And you're telling me how that resonates. So some people have kind of a misunderstanding about astrology that I'm going to tell you something about yourself that you don't already know, and that's not the case. Um, So I would not recommend getting a chart reading if that's the kind of experience you're looking for here. But if you are on a journey of self-discovery, if you want to know more about yourself in general, or if you want to know more about the kind of work that would excite you the most, if you want to know about the kind of people that you get along with the best, if you want to know about your shadows and about the lessons you're here to learn in this lifetime, You should get a chart reading, honestly. So if you have any questions, do not hesitate to email, DM. I would love to answer any questions you have, seriously. Do not hesitate to reach out. Otherwise, the link to book is in the show notes. Sign up for the Planetary Pulse and book a session with me. In the meantime, let's dig into the Pisces Lunar Cycle of 2022. So we are looking at the chart of the new moon here. Now I'm going to talk about the transits in general at first, and then we'll dive a little bit deeper into what they actually mean and the kind of energy that they might bring for us. And if you're not looking at it with me, that's okay. I'm going to talk you through all the placements. The new moon is happening at 12 degrees Pisces. They are approaching a conjunction with Jupiter. Jupiter is at 14 degrees Pisces. Along with the sun and the moon in a conjunction with Jupiter, the sun and moon are also trining Uranus. Uranus is at 11 degrees Taurus. 
And Mars and Venus are conjunct Pluto at 27, 26 degrees Capricorn. So Mars and Pluto are exactly conjunct at 27 degrees. And Venus is right behind at one degree. And then finally, we have another conjunction in Aquarius. Mercury is in a separating conjunction with Saturn, which means Mercury is moving away from Saturn, but they're still within a degree. So there's a lot going on in this chart, and there's actually more I could even say, but these are sort of the main things that I'm tracking here. And what I'm getting from this as a whole is we're letting something transform and release in order to renew. So the element of renewal comes in with the new moon always. New moons are always about starting again, renewal, the beginning of another cycle where we're refreshing our sun, our spirit, and our moon, our embodied state. So the approaching conjunction with the new moon to Jupiter is just creating a lot of ease. Jupiter is about abundance, but it's also about cohesion and about flow. It's about seeing the big picture. It's about spirituality and divinity and fairness. All these things being said, what I've noticed with Jupiter and Pisces when it's hit, you know, any of my placements in Pisces or even aspected other things is stuff is just easier. It feels a little bit easier to do whatever I'm doing and whatever's relevant to the house topics. So for example, Pisces is my sixth house and I have certainly noticed certain aspects of work are a little bit easier right now. I'm just able to get more done and I can make it happen with more ease. So we might be feeling that with this new moon approaching Jupiter. However, with that sextile to Uranus, we're getting some kind of assistance, some kind of support in doing something differently, which makes sense with a new moon. We're probably starting something new at this new moon and we're we might be doing something very differently than we were doing before. So we're getting help in that regard. Now, as far as Mars and Venus being conjunct Pluto, we're more able to cut out something that is causing subterranean discomfort. Mars cuts. And conjunct Pluto, Mars could be cutting ties with certain power dynamics or impulses to want to control things. There's something beneath the surface that's Pluto, um, something really deep, something that maybe we haven't articulated quite clearly. It's sort of subconscious that we're able to just kind of cut out with this renewal of the new moon. So we're not only getting that ease and starting something new, but we're also getting that ability to just cut out any perhaps limiting beliefs, perhaps old stories, old narratives that have kind of kept us stuck in one place, we're really able to let those go. And Venus being there as well with Mars is speaking to that. Venus harmonizes. So we're at whatever we're cutting out, that Mars Plutonian energy, whatever we're getting rid of there, we're being supported in letting that go. And it's also supporting us. All of that to say that we're getting support in this rebirth in this starting fresh and starting new we can let go of what's old and we can be really innovative in doing things differently now the last aspect to discuss here is the separating conjunction uh, between mercury and saturn 
Mercury is the messenger. It's how we communicate. It's how we think and analyze things. It's also our sense of humor. And Saturn is very powerful in Aquarius right now. It's in its home sign. And we, you know, do think of Saturn as a malefic, as a, a hard planet to work with. It totally can be. But for some reason, I'm just not getting that looking at this chart. It could, listen, the archetypes of the planets can play out in so many ways that I could never predict all of them, right? But what I'm getting looking at this chart is structure in our thoughts, like being able to really articulate something in a clear way because Saturn creates a container. It creates boundaries. So there's something that we're able to wrap our heads around, that's Mercury, in a way that feels very organized and structured, that Saturn. Feels like creating a plan of some sort. We're getting some some support in our ability to really strategize and lay out the steps we need in order to accomplish whatever we're trying to accomplish. So this is an amazing new moon for starting something new that you really want to have lasting power that maybe. All right. So this is the first quarter moon and it's happening on March 10th. We've got the sun at 19 degrees Pisces and the moon at 19 degrees Gemini. So first and last quarter moons are always a square. They're always squaring each other, which means that they're 90 degrees apart, the sun and the moon. And squares are like Mars. They're of the nature of Mars, which likes to cut, is aggressive, is assertive, and creates tension. It's the tension of growth. And if you've been listening to me for a bit, I'm sorry that I talk about this all the time, but I can't say it enough. We're, we're going to feel maybe some spiciness and some tension at a first quarter moon because something is pushing through. It's that energy of emergence, like a seed sprouting from the soil. So that being said, let's talk a little bit about the sun is approaching a conjunction with Neptune. Neptune's at 22 degrees Pisces and the sun is at 19 degrees Pisces. Neptune is sort of a trickster. It can really go either way with Neptune. You can have a divine spiritual experience. You can transcend your limitations. You can feel totally like unified and at peace and one with humanity and the world. Or you can be totally delusional. You could be confused. You could feel swept away. You could feel very overwhelmed emotionally with Neptune. Now, aside from that, Jupiter is at 16 degrees Pisces. So it's just three degrees behind the sun. There is a possibility that this energy with Jupiter, the sun, and Neptune all being within like, what, six degrees of each other? That could be amazing for your spiritual practice. It could also create a situation where we become egotistical where we think that we know more than everybody and we maybe are doing too much. I think that's the best way I can say that succinctly. So just watch out for that on or around March 10th. Now let's take a look at the moon. The moon is in Gemini and Gemini is ruled by Mercury. Mercury is not comfortable in Pisces. It's in its fall and its detriment because it's opposite its home sign of Virgo. And 
we can see that the energy of Mercury is just fundamentally different than Pisces. Whereas Pisces wants cohesion and flow and expansion and hope um, and harmony, Mercury wants to parse things out, to break things apart in order to understand them, right? It's very analytical, it's very detail-oriented, and Pisces is not that. So in a lot of ways, Mercury and Pisces are diametrically opposed, and we'll speak more to this when we talk about the full moon. All that being said, if the moon is in Gemini, and Gemini is ruled by Mercury, and Mercury is in a place where it feels very uncomfortable and it's very difficult for it to communicate, we might experience during this first quarter moon a situation where it's hard for us to communicate, especially when it comes to our emotional needs because we're talking about the moon. Specifically, Mercury in Pisces has been referred to as mute, that it has a hard time even saying anything at all. So if you're feeling stressed, if you're having a lot of emotions, if there's something you need to communicate and you're having a hard time articulating it, just try to notice that. Try to pay attention to how easy or difficult it is to communicate your needs and just pay attention to whether or not you're being a jerk. <laughs> I don't know a better way to say that, but I just think with the sun and the moon squaring like this and with Mercury kind of in detriment, there could be some communication issues here that cause some problems for us. And just looking at this, it's entirely likely that like we're the issue. So really check yourself first before you start blaming other people. <laughs> and don't be afraid to talk about what's going on with you, right? If you are feeling like you need to share what's going on and you're not quite sure how to articulate that, you can say that. I'm feeling some type of way, but I don't know how to say it. Like, that's better than just keeping it to yourself. Okay, let's talk about the full moon. The full moon is happening at 27 degrees Virgo and Pisces. So a full moon is always going to contain an opposition of the sun and the moon, which means it's really helpful to think about the energy of a full moon from the point of view of the dichotomy of the signs that it's in. In this case, we're talking about Pisces and Virgo. And I said a lot about Pisces <laughs> last week on the podcast. So if you want to go deeper, I have that ready for you. It's episode four with the Pisces deep dive. But we talked last week about how Pisces is ruled by Jupiter, who likes cohesion, big picture thinking. It's spiritual, it's fluid, and it really is great at bringing things together. Virgo is ruled by Mercury, who we just established is very different than Pisces because it likes to analyze, organize, disseminate information. So we've already kind of discussed how these signs are sort of diametrically opposed, but I think another angle to look at it from that is useful is the element. So these are both mutable signs, or otherwise known as double-bodied, which means they hold two different energies at once. The mutable signs are in places where we're changing, right? We're moving from one season to the next. So Pisces is the threshold between winter and spring, and Virgo is the threshold between summer and fall. That 
in and of itself, I think, is helpful in understanding the difference between the two. But if we think about the elements, that's helpful as well. Water is cleansing. It's emotional, certainly. It has a strong memory. It can really, like Jupiter, I think, sort of bring things together. I'm thinking about putting stuff in water and, like, you know, the, they are still maybe separate objects, but it's all in the water, right? And it can kind of dissolve things. Whereas Virgo being a mutable earth sign is more about the concrete. Water is about the subconscious. It's about spirit. And earth is very concrete and tangible. So these are the opposing energies that we're working with. And if we remember that the sun represents the spirit and the moon represents the embodied state, that can tell you a lot as well. That the sun is in Pisces representing our internal spiritual experience, our soul level experience, whereas the moon might be reflecting more of our environmental context. So the tension of this full moon might be a little bit about the dynamic that's going on between, I mean, I would say the full moon is always sort of about the dynamic between the internal and the external. And that's part of why we reflect at the, the time of the full moon. It's a time for gratitude. But I would say this one especially is going to, <laughs> perhaps you'll be in your feels a little bit more because Pisces is that way. We're working with a water sign, right? And it might feel like the corners are a little too sharp during this time, just with the full moon being in Virgo, this really concrete, tangible energy opposed to the sun in Pisces that just wants to feel the feels. We also have Neptune in the mix for this full moon. It is conjoining the sun and opposing the moon. So while the sun is at 27 degrees Pisces, Neptune's at 23. And of course, that's obviously also opposing the moon. We also have Pluto sextiling the sun and trining the moon. At best, both of these transits can really support transformation. We talked about Neptune as a dissolving sort of energy. It has the capacity to dissolve in order to transcend or to get lost, right? Because it can really go either way. But Neptune can really help us kind of feel into things during the time of this full moon. And Pluto can help us excavate. It can help us see what we've missed. It can help us kind of dig up some stuff that we weren't able to see before. So I know people see Pluto as sort of malefic-y, but I actually think that Pluto's aspect is helpful here. It's a sextile, which is of the nature of Venus. It's helping create some harmony. So I see that as being useful in this case, especially if we're in our feelings. I'm taking this Pluto sextile as helping us articulate something, maybe. Even though Pluto has nothing to do with communication, it feels like we're getting some information that can help us feel a little more, make our feelings feel a little more tangible. Now, Neptune feels a little more trickstery to me, specifically because it's opposing the moon. So it could be that we are misreading our emotions and we're maybe feeling a little more constricted than we actually are. There might be some confusion regarding material stuff at this time because we're opposing Virgo, which is an earth sign. Worst case scenario, we've got 
I don't need this anymore energy, you know, sort of egotistical, sort of delusional about what you can realistically do, especially when it comes to what you can do on your own. Because Virgo is the harvest maiden. It's the independent person energy of the Zodiac. So watch out for that during the full moon. Now, last but not least, y'all, we've got the third quarter moon. It's happening March 18th, 2022. The sun will be at four degrees Aries and the moon will be at four degrees Cap. So this is kind of interesting because the moon is in its detriment in Capricorn because it's opposite its home sign of Cancer. So just like we talked about with Mercury in Pisces, it is in a place where it feels uncomfortable because it's the opposite of what it's used to. Whereas the sun in Aries is in its exaltation. So an exaltation or a place where a planet is exalted, it just means that the planet does well there. It's like you going to your best friend's house. Um, and I've talked about this on other episodes before, but essentially the sun does really well in Aries and the moon feels a little restricted and uncomfortable in Capricorn. I'm taking this, you know, reading the third quarter moon as good for your spirit and perhaps challenging for environment and or emotions. So again, that's the sun is your spirit. And when it's in a place where it's exalted and lifted up, you might feel really bold. You might feel really proud and confident. However, the environment or the emotions that come up around uh, what's going on for you on a day-to-day -day basis may be challenging. Uh, that's where I see the tension. And if we're going to take it to the, you know, comparing the signs to each other, both Cap and Aries are cardinal signs, right? So they've got initiating energy, but it's the difference between a fire sign, which is Aries, and an earth sign, which is Capricorn. It's just like you might be bold, confident, ready to go, but the environment may not be caught up to you just yet. So it might be a little frustrating during this time. Now, Venus is approaching a conjunction with Saturn in Aquarius. We've got Venus at 18 degrees Aquarius and Saturn at 21 degrees. So they're within <laughs> three degrees of each other. I don't know why that math was so hard all of a sudden. But I'm seeing this as potentially um, needing to communicate some boundaries in relationships. That's the most straightforward sort of interpretation we could take with Saturn being the demarcation and Venus being how we harmonize and relate to others. So we might be dealing with that kind of thing at this time. Mercury is also separating from a conjunction with Neptune and Mercury is in a sextile to Pluto. So Mercury is still in Pisces and we mentioned earlier that that means Mercury is uh, having a hard time. It's a little bit more tricky to articulate things and to wrap your head around stuff and really say what's going on internally. We may be saying what needs to be said, on the other hand, but not in the most articulate way. It might be something that you say kind of before thinking about it. It reminds me of this time in fourth grade where it was my turn to read, which I love to read out loud. And people kept taking my turn. And finally, I just shouted at the top of my lungs, it's my turn to read like a total maniac. 
<laughs> and that just feels kind of like Mercury sextile Pluto, like something that you really have been wanting to say, and especially with Mercury in detriment, because Mercury sextile Pluto with Mer Mercury in a sign where it's really strong, that could look totally different. But because this Mercury is in detriment, it's not in a place where it does very well. This is really feeling like something that has been underneath the surface that you've really been wanting to say that with that sun in Aries, you've got the boldness, you've got the courage, but it might come out in a way that is um, not the most conducive for relating, right? So Venus and Saturn, they want to help set the boundaries, but just really take the time to articulate what you want to say. Uh, during this time and make sure you say it in a way that you know you're taking ownership of your feelings right we're not projecting on onto other people we're not projecting onto other people we're recognizing what our needs are we're speaking them and we're being very intentional about the way we express them okay y'all that's a wrap on the pisces lunar cycle episode for uh, 2022 don't forget to snag the planetary pulse that'll give you that little handy dandy journal and astro calendar along with this video and if you're interested in booking a session with me that link for you is in the show notes please do not hesitate to reach out if you have any questions in the meantime if no one's told you today you're amazing you're doing a great job better than you think and i'm over here rooting for you i'll talk to you next time